Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to a brand new episode of the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. I am and will always be your host, Maverick Levy. I have a fantastic guest coming on the show today, but before we get into that, I just want to say a few things as usual. I know I've mentioned it a few times leading up to this episode, but be sure to keep an eye out for a giveaway. I've been working on something in the background on a cool giveaway and it is looking good. So be sure to follow the podcast account on all social media platforms. The username is at TBOTBpod. And just keep an eye out for when that giveaway is announced and make sure you enter because it should be pretty cool if it all pans out. The next thing is that today's guest is someone that you may want to contact. And if you do want to contact him, you can utilize the website TBOTBpod on there. You will find his contact information with the link to his social media pages, email, whatever it may be that he gives us to give to you guys. That will be your resource to contact him. And lastly, for the intro, everyone, please remember that the discussions on this podcast are for informational purposes only. I cannot predict and do not guarantee that you will attain a particular result from the information provided. You should always seek professional assistance before making decisions in connection with the topics discussed. Like I said, I have a great guest coming on the show, so let's get right into that. On today's show, I'm honored to have one of the best of the best car photographers in the world. His name is Kyle Fletcher. He goes by K Fletch Photography on Instagram. If you are into the car Instagram scene, you definitely know who he is. So welcome to the show, Kyle. I'm glad to finally get you on and we were able to connect. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me. The way I start off every interview is pretty much the same. It's by asking you some general background questions so the listeners can get to know you a little bit and build up a relationship with you. So Kyle, man, where did you grow up? So I was uh, born in Plantation, Florida and grew up in Weston. Wow. Uh, went to Cypress Bay High School. Awesome. Uh, four years there. Prior to that, I went to Falcon Cove Middle, if that's even relevant. Uh, yeah, I went to Cypress Bay, grew up in Weston, uh, moved out. Uh, moved in with my dad. Parents divorced. Okay. Moved in with my dad. Grew up in Davie area. Okay. And then uh, literally progressed from there. Is Nova is close to Davie, right? Relatively, yes. It's okay. about probably 10 minutes east. Yeah. So the reason I'm bringing that up is I want to go to Nova's law school. So if anyone, one of the best. So if anyone best. from Nova's admissions team is listening to this, know that you guys are my first option. But did you go to college? Uh, I went to for one semester. Okay. Um, didn't really like it, to be honest with you. Wasn't for you. Um, I, I tried to focus on it, tried to get into it. And unfortunately, I will say that I didn't really enjoy Man, it. And Never things really, worked out for you. Yeah. Things uh, worked dropped out Dropped out. And I told myself, I'm like, you know, I, I'd rather be rather be creative rather be working right now rather be doing something and i just felt like i was trapped in a in a prism in absolutely a way. lack of absolutely. a better way to describe it yeah that's totally fair so besides taking pictures what are some of your hobbies outside of the photography world you know i love exercising love being outside love sports love watching sports love going after politics love uh anything gun related oh. um pretty much a lot of outdoor stuff oh wow yeah so but yeah we i haven't talked about guns on the show yet pop but culture I'm, too. I'm a yeah. big in, in the movies and literature. Awesome. So I'm, 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 I guess all around. Awesome. I like all of those. I, <laughs> I've been trying to figure out someone to bring on to the podcast that's in the gun world. So if yeah. you have any, if you, we'll have to talk after if you Grew have any suggestions. It, yeah. 
Um, besides that, I always ask this question now. It's just, how have you been doing? Obviously, this past year has been different for everyone. Yeah. Everyone has been impacted differently. So how have you been doing? Are you doing good? So that's actually a good question. You know, I haven't actually been asked how I'm doing in a very long time. Well, well I'm curious. Typically, it's like those like nonchalant, like, oh, how are you doing? And like, they don't care. Yeah, but, I care. Uh, I'm no, here to listen. No, you know, 2020 was rough. It was rough for everybody. Of course. But uh, I guess... Starting off 2021, I just told myself, I'm like, hey, steady growth and seeking happiness within myself. Yeah. So, no. you know, I don't really care if it shoots up one foot at a time or four feet up and then two feet back. I just want steady growth and seek happiness in myself. So I guess overall, here we are, March 10th. Yeah. And uh, doing well so I think far. It's March, Thank you. I think it's March 12th. March 12th, is but, it? Yeah, it's yes, March, it is March 12th. Dude. It's March been, 12th. I'll be honest with you, I've been so busy, I lose track of time, and I keep forgetting today was Friday. Honestly, I yeah. was leaving the office, I was like, hey guys, I'll see you tomorrow, and everybody's like, what are you talking about? I'm <laughs> well, like, oh wow, it's literally Friday. Yeah, well, this podcast is going to go live on the Wednesday from this Friday, but the only reason I knew it was Friday the 12th, I had my computer in front of me. Literally, so, so you got so, to see it. Yeah, so don't so don't feel like We would have been it. rolling with 10 the entire yeah, time. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into this topic of photography. So I want people to understand what you do and who you are in the photography world. And if I've done my due diligence correctly, you work for Champion Porsche, which is yes. a very prominent Porsche dealership in South Florida. It's a very prominent dealership in the country. And you also do freelance photography on the side. So just give us a little breakdown, insight into what you do, what your day-to-days look like, things like that. All right. So, you know, I wake up 7 a.m., uh, get after it and go to work. I work for Champion Porsche, as you said. I'm the internet manager, marketing assistant for Champion Porsche and Champion Motorsport. Champion Motorsport is our separate facility that specializes in anything aftermarket to performance aspect of not just Porsches, but Lamborghinis, Ferraris, anything upper, higher class, exotic level. So do both of those. It's a lot of fun. Do that Monday through Friday and Saturdays too. Um, wow. Put a lot of time into it, a lot of focus into it. But then I've outside of that, I also run my marketing and photography company called K-Flesh Photography which is a little bit of a handful. You know, I put a lot of love and attention and time, which is the only key thing to make a business grow successfully, in my opinion, is just the amount of time you put into it. Of course. And the people that, you know, spread around with multiple branches and try to put time in multiple different things, it's when you put your time into one sole big thing, it'll eventually branch off itself yeah it will flourish and it's a you're 100 percent right mm -hmm. a lot of times i have entrepreneurs on the show and they talk about the same type of things you just brought up whether it's hard work and dedication or mm -hmm. staying focused and time management all those things are essential for successfully having a business and i agree and it's actually it's a blessing that both of them actually coincide a little yeah. bit that my work that I do with Kay Fletch Photography also helps and benefits Champion as well. Of course. So I'm, all, I'm always learning. I'm always progressing. And the things that I learned from Champion, I could apply into Kay Fletch. And the things I learned in the Kay Fletch, I could apply to the Champion world is what I call it. Yeah. So they all balance and grow it together. I'm, I'm growing off both of them, in my opinion. So it's, it's truly... Awesome stuff. Yeah, no, that's really amazing that you sort of realize that you're in this position to sort of do two things at once and both have mutual benefits with one another. But when did you first realize you had a passion for taking pictures just in general, not even of vehicles? Oh, wow. I've been asked that question, so I'll definitely give you a little rundown. Yeah. Uh, my father, actually, um, he was a firefighter. He's retired now. But back, uh, I think it was like 24 hours on, 48 hours off was, you know, the typical firefighter shift. Yeah. And his hobby was photography. Oh, wow. You know, we would always go to the air shows 
you know, like seeing the Blue Angels and stuff. We would always go to auto shows down in Fort Lauderdale, Miami. You'd see the newest, hottest cars. And he would always have his camera there. And he would always take really, you know, cool stuff. And whenever he didn't have it, he'd always give it to me. And I remember it really, my love for it really started to spark. I will never forget this. It was an auto show that I went to. I had my little iPod Touch at the time. <laughs> Back when iPod Touches were like the yeah, biggest thing. I remember it. It was like 2012, not even, it was like 2011. And we went to the Miami Auto Show and I had my iPod Touch and I took like cool angles of every car that was there. It was like the new Lexus LFA. Yeah. It was the new ISF. You know, these are cars that are now old. Here of we are course. in 2021, but at the time they were the hottest thing. Yeah. Like the brand new 5.0 Mustang, the 2011. Like <laughs> at the time that was the hottest thing. I would take photos with the HDR mode on the iPod Touch and HDR was a brand new feature with you know, mobile technology was HDR built into the software. What does HDR mean? It means high definition range is what it was then. Obviously, you know, there's multiple ways to define it now, but it basically takes a close up photo, a medium range photo, a long range photo, and it combines them all together. Okay. So Apple really introduced that kind of in a software aspect. It wasn't a real HDR thing, which is typically how Apple does their stuff. They, it's kind of what it is, but it's not really it. So at the time they came up with the iPod Touch and where it would take a photo and it would do three different exposure levels and combine it together. Got so, it. so how old were you when you were going to your dad with the or how old were you when you were taking pics on the iPad uh, iPod dude, Touch? I mean, I'm talking I'm just assuming. I want to say I was, you know, 12, 13, 14ish. I okay. don't have an exact number. This yeah. is all clouded vision, but Yeah, of course. It was uh I know when everyone asks like when was that? You're like that was like 12 dog, man, 13 it was, it was years so ago. ago. I don't yeah. remember. It was like freshman year of high school. Like I think it was like not even before that. Before I was even in high school, I was I just had a, a good love for it, yeah. and then it really progressed my senior year. That's awesome. So did you always love taking pictures of cars? Is that what you fell in love with, or was it there something yeah. other or some other object yeah. that you fell in love uh, with? Growing up, I was always around them, and I always thought they were cool. My dad and my mom, you know, growing up, got me into Formula One racing, IndyCar racing, NASCAR racing. You know, it's they're all three different separate types of racing, but I was always into speed, okay. and I was always into how they looked and how cool they were. And then, uh, but yeah, when I when I first picked up the camera, um, I, I realized I was like, you know what, cars are. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, cars are badass. So I always I was like, you know what, I'm gonna envision cool stuff and the way that I can interpret it. For other people to enjoy. Yeah, this is a very fun episode for me because I'm a very big car guy as yeah. well myself. And I always loved seeing your pictures and seeing <laughs> your work you. that you did. And we have I have a few friends that have came to you and had you take pictures of their cars, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I truly got one of the best of the best photographers oh, on stop. here talking. <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, you are. Don't talk yourself down on that end because you deserve the credit. You deserve you, that recognition. Thank you. So when did you realize that you could make this your career, taking pictures of cars so before i answer that i'll give you a little bit of the backstory which is what will eventually lead Get into that. that i follow so back in uh high school uh my senior year my dad got me a camera it was my first ever camera it was my senior year of high school and he told me he's like let me see what you can do with this and i still remember the date and time and everywhere it was christmas of 2013 it was all right it was a canon t3i all right and no no knowledge of how even a camera works. I just remember point, shoot, click, that's it. Yeah, that's so, about all I yeah, know I had, well. the, I had the eye for it. I did not have the knowledge of it. I was ignorant. We'll be honest with you. I went to a middle upper class high school. Cypress Bay was a middle upper class. You know, students, you know, had at the time brand new like Lexuses, brand new Infinities. And then, you know, there was my friends. You know, we had 
like the Hyundai Genesis coupes at the time were like yeah. the hottest things. We had my friend that had a GTI, you know, we had a whole range of cars from Hyundai Accents to Hyundai Tiburons or, you know, we had everything. <laughs> yeah. We had modified Corollas. Yeah. And we had everything. And I would just go out in the student parking lot in the morning or after school and I would take photos of them. And then, you know, we, this car scene started to blow up a little bit. Air suspension became a thing. I had a friend that bagged his Infiniti G37. Oh, wow. You know, I'm talking back in 2014. Yeah. That was like the hottest thing. That's crazy. And yeah. uh, my buddy had an S2000. Oh, wow. And I would tell myself, you know, at the time, I was like, you know, let's go take photos. I had no urge in making it a business. I just did because I loved it. Yeah. And we would go out. I would leave. We would leave school early. We would go out to random spots and just take photos and just do apps with no purpose whatsoever other than the ability to create and that I loved it. Yeah. And, that, and I did that for about a year. So I graduated. Uh, went to school, didn't really like it. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to focus on this, that's when I kind of really made it a hobby and what further pursued me to make it into what it is now. But I was kind of, you know, not knowing what it would become. And that first year, I was just, I told myself, I'm like, you know, everybody that's going to college has four years. They have four years until they get their degree and they're going to be, you know, up the ladder. They're going to be up there making a salary. You know, they're going to be ahead of me. And I told myself, I'm like, hey, you know, these next four years, I'm going to have to zip my mouth, stand up, and I'm going to have to put in the work. And I never looked back. I love that. Um, I had a, I'll be honest with you, you know, all this is just coming from the heart. Yeah. And uh, so I worked for a meat cutter. I was a meat cutter at a Publix. Wow. Just, to, just so I could have an income. Yeah. And because, you know, photography was expensive. I'll be honest with you. Of course. And, you know, all these people that want to shoot all over the place, you know, that costs money. To get there. And I was doing them for free. And so I took every opportunity I possibly could have. And I took every risk that I possibly could have. I went all over Florida. I remember my parents were still, they laugh at this, but they were really pissed at me when I did this. Uh, I left work to go to, to drive to Las Vegas. Oh my to God. To go to SEMA to shoot for free for four days with not even a way to get back home. I rode with somebody there and I called out of work and I was surprised I wasn't fired, but... I, I was an opportunity and I yeah. took that risk. I went out there. I met so many owners of companies. I met the owner of AccuAir. There's so many companies out in SEMA yeah. that I met. I've always I would, wanted to get out to SEMA. And I'll, I know I went out there and I had a blast. I had a fun. You know, that's the one thing I tell myself to this very day is, you know, I love what I do and I had fun with it. Yeah. So you're one of those people you truly don't feel like you work a day. Yeah. So because you, lo you what, love what you do. So what inevitably started the page, I forgot to mention that was back let's backtrack a little bit to the high school days is when i started taking photos and i guess back then you know i look at my work back then i'm like oh look how horrible that was or you know what was i thinking but it was probably fantastic at the time, at the time yeah you're right yeah i i loved it and my three best friends my best friend hugo and my other friend hugo there's two hugos it's crazy wow uh, and my friend jeremy they were like you know you should make a page out of this and we had a photography group in the, the the photography club at our high school and i don't want to say the guy's name because he knows who he is and i know who he is but i remember going trying to join the photography club and they told me no they said like we don't like your work i swear to god what I, 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 you could fact check me that's crazy if you want to call my friends right now <laughs> that's crazy um, and he said no and they told me no we don't like your work whatever and finally out of my three best friends you know my roommate who i live with now is one of the ones that started getting me into it he was like you know f that guy Make your page. Yeah. And he's like, call whatever you want. But ultimately, F that guy. You don't need him. They don't see your vision. Make your own. 
And right then and there, I'm like, you know what? Kyle Fletcher, K Fletch. I'm like, let's roll it. Let's do it. And I, I made it. Never looked back since. You know, that's a great friend to have. That yeah. told you that and yeah. got you to that point because a lot of people might not have had the balls to tell you that as a friend. Yeah. And say like, oh, you know, fuck that guy. Just do your own thing. So that's this a good the friend. This rise of social media. Yeah. Too. This was 2013, 2014. Instagram was just about a year, nine, ten months in. So, you know, I was, this was 2013, 2014. I was just turned 18. So your first page was on Instagram. Yeah, that's right where I started it all. That's the, and at the time, that was the only one I knew. You know, Facebook, nobody really did that yeah. to, you know, show off their work. You know, Instagram originally, that was really all for college and student and work. And then it, Instagram really developed into a picture-based way to show off artists mm -hmm. and artistry mm -hmm. and i remember starting it off and i remember the old instagram format how it looked on the old iphone oh, fours yeah. oh yeah and the 4s how weird it looked yeah and the, and the green follow button and the old icon oh yeah so it was uh it's been a hell of a ride man yeah i mean look at that i've just dm'd you on instagram and asked yeah. if you wanted to come on the podcast yeah. and you responded and here we are so yeah. it's obviously a great tool it's got i know you same have yeah. a vision i know yeah. you're probably really eager to get as many people out there and I was like, you know what? This this kid seems really cool. So I was like, Thank yeah, you, let's man. do it, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Now, we'll get into the Instagram stuff a little bit later. So as you know, this podcast is about the shit that's not taught in school. And like we were talking about before we started recording, I think something that really lacks in school at any level of education is creativity. And that's honestly part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on and talk to you because I think you're a great example of a successful creative person who is the best in their field. So moving from that, let's, we're going to move this conversation into something more of like what's not taught in school about photography and your advice, things along that. So how did you learn to take pictures professionally? Like before you said you would just click and shoot. How did you learn the different settings on a camera? What was right? What was wrong? Were you all self-taught? So yeah, 100%. That's it was amazing. All, I had, if I want to be exact, it's probably 98% self-taught. You know, my dad was there to explain little stuff, but ultimately he was saying, you know, get out there, yeah. get out there and learn. You know, it's not you could read an entire book on it, but it won't make you an expert. You have to put in the time and go out there on the field and gain experience. Yeah, that's great. And I remember going, learning from camera to camera. I went from a T3 to a T6 to a 60D to a 60 to a 5D Mark IV, all the way up to my current Sony. I went, I left Canon, went Sony, but ultimately learning everything, everything from the 10 compositions of photography to lighting shadows, uh, linear composition to everything like everything now it's all built into my head and it's just second nature to me yeah i'm sure but when i first started going at it, you know i was reading this i was you know youtube was popping off i was watching videos i was talking to people on facebook groups forum groups i was meeting photographers i was meeting photographers that didn't have social media that have, that are just so well into the industry that you know just hanging out with them and just watching how they do it yeah. and what they notice and and noticing lighting and noticing little features from iso to you know, I could go on and on and on. And, and wow, you know, that was a great question because trying to file down, you know, I've been doing it for seven, almost seven and a half years now, trying to file that down to everything I learned all at once. You know, I always tell myself I want to learn at least one new thing a month or one new thing every quarter. Yeah. So now, you know, it's really spaced out. And now I try to learn more harder, more complicated things that take time and time to time to master. But initially, when I first started, it was just a lot of time online, a lot of time reading, looking at people's failures, looking at people's opinions. But ultimately, what got me to where I am now is learning that a camera just takes a photo. It's the eye that creates the image. 100%. And I, and I will tell everybody that. And that's something I, I don't know if somebody already said that, but 
that's something that I created myself and I told myself to other people because people come at me asking for the secret settings or the secret this and that. I'm like, it's all in the high. Yeah. You know, the camera will take a photo. You know, I could take a photo with an iPhone and I can make it look completely different. Yeah. No, and that's I, one thing that you need. You need that creative aspect that school sometimes can't offer you because you might have a vision and not that many people will see it. Yeah, like, look at that. That person shot you down to go into the yeah. club and yeah. that could have been the end, but you got up, you kept going and you didn't let that get in the <laughs> way of your growth and your success. Yeah. Obviously, it was a small, someone told you, oh, you can't get into the club. But if you would have actually gone, you know, sentimental and emotional about that, you might not be where you are today. Yeah. It could have changed the course of your life. Yeah, I was mad. I was mad at the kid. I, would be I was mad just like, too. F this guy, I'm going to prove him wrong. Yeah. And I that's would... why it's good to be told no. Yeah, and it's the, good. Does to be, he follow you now on Instagram? Uh, no, he doesn't. Yeah. So I mean, I'm what, sure he it, looks all the time. Yeah, though. it's a bittersweet. Probably, you know, I wish him the best. You know, yeah. ultimately, you know, it's a blessing. That is a blessing in disguise that he did what he did, and you know, it's nice for people to be told no, and it's nice for people to be taught failure because that ultimately fuels them to become winners. Hundred percent. Well, we are. I also always talk about failure with every guest that comes on, so we'll we'll get to that. But if someone is listening to the show and wants to become a professional photographer, what's some advice you would offer to them on how to really get their feet wet? Wow, I never asked that question because I told myself, you know, there's no prize for second place. True. But if I looked at a younger version of myself, or if I look at a young, inspiring individual that wants to create and loves what they do. I, that's the one thing I'm, that I would ask them is, do you love what you do? Do you love it? When you go out there, you don't even call it work or you don't even dread it or you don't even, you go out there because you want to. You don't even care how much money it'll cost. You don't care how much, if you're willing to go out there and love it, that's the first thing that I'll tell you because you'll never have to worry about another thing. That's amazing. And the second you create it, you'd want to make yourself go wow. And then you get used to it and then you want to keep pursuing the wow factor. Because okay. every time I create, everybody always asks me, what's your favorite image? And I say the next one or the next one or the next yeah. one. Because I always look back and I go, eh, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. But now when I look at it in my next photo, I go, that's nice. That's nice. That's nice. So finding a hungry, eager individual that just loves what they do, to be honest with you. And that's the one thing I'll make sure. And to tell them is, you know, if you love it, go out there and get it. And that ultimately it's the sky's the limit from there because the more you shoot, the more you learn and the more you learn, the more you'll create, the more abilities you'll understand. And it, it's so complex. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that answer. And I think that's totally something different from what I thought you were going to say, honestly, yeah. but that is 100% true. You have to have the dedication in this field. You have to have the, the drive to want to be the best. You have to have the drive to want to get to the level of a Cave Fletch photography. <laughs> you, what you do, I'm, I'm sure you know this indirectly and you don't. You seem like a very humble person, so I'll boost your ego up a little bit here, but you probably have thousands and thousands of kids, younger kids, looking up to you yeah. saying like, holy shit, this guy literally his whole life is just taking pictures of exotic, hyper, very unique vehicles. And they're like, I wish that could be me. And you know that those people are there. Yeah, you know, I, they're there yeah. in the background and they're looking up to you and they're, you know, I'm sure you get tons of DMs. How do you do this? How do you do that? That whole thing. And I know it can get annoying. Trust me. I know that 100%. But at the end of the day, you just have to realize that those people are just looking up to you and they're just looking for advice from you. And that's, that's what it is. So I appreciate that answer. And I, I really think that if someone is listening to this and wants to be that, they need to take that into consideration. They need to have that discussion with themselves. Then that goes for anything in life, that right? So, yeah. And to continue on that, you know, I, I do get a lot of messages from young individuals that ask me a lot. You know, I have a lot. Hey, I got a camera. You know, you're an inspiration to me. You're a motive. You know, it, it's very nice to see it. Yeah. It is. And, you know, I see so many people 
message me and ask me and, you know, ask me the secrets and all that stuff. You know, I never had the secrets. You know, like I get a lot of messages from young, great individuals. They are. They're great, young talent, nothing but respect for them. And I wish them the best. And, you know, when they, they always, I'll answer some depending on what the message is because a lot of people will just flat out ask me for the secrets to everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, get out there and go shoot and you'll learn it. Yeah. You know, people ask me about like my settings for this or what camera or blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Get out there and go learn it. Yeah. Because if I just tell you the numbers on the spreadsheet, you're not going to know. You're not going to have the discipline to obtain it. Uh, you know, I think, unfortunately, that's a generational thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. The, the generation is, yeah. is the, the younger generation, even including myself. And you're not too older that too oh, much older than me. Thanks. So yeah, <laughs> you know it's 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 that instant gratification. People don't want to have to go out there and learn, which is sad. And it's something that on the podcast I've talked about, and I've tried to make it clear that you can't have that mindset. You can't just wait for something to come to you on a silver platter and have someone deliver you, you know, whatever it may be. So yeah. I, I think it's great that you're you know even directing them, answering, not answering. Go out there and just do it. Go out there, get your feet wet, be in the fields, strap your boots on yeah. and just do it. And building off of that, I think this is a great transitioning point. You talked about it a little bit, but at what point did you say, okay, I need to start charging people to take pictures of their car? Oh, when was <laughs> Here that? We go. How, well, how many years were you taking pictures for free? And when did you start charging uh, people? A good inspiration for me, other than my father, who's my number one inspiration. You know, everybody has their inspiring individuals that they look up to, their role models. You know, my dad was one. And then you know, I looked at a lot of other people in, in life. And I'll be honest with you. You know, one of my biggest role models is a lead singer of a band. And it's a very successful band. And in his interviews, I would always watch his interviews. And he would always say, you know, when we were young, we would go out and give our demos out for free. We would go out and give our music out for free. And we went everywhere and did it for free, free. And we did it so much to get our name out there, yeah. get the brand out there. And then eventually it led into the point where you start realizing how much you're worth because when you get your time wasted. And I did it for about a year and a half. I shot as much as possible. To, I took every opportunity, man. I'll be honest with you. I was shooting every day for every person that ever wanted a photo. I just shot and shot and shot every day. Batteries would die on shoots. It was a ride. It was. Yeah. I would never trade it for anything. It was a ride. And I did it for about a year and a half. I did it for free. And then I got to the point where returning clients would come back and new clients would come. And then it got so much of a handful that I went, okay, guys, this is about two years now, a year and a half, two years. And I go in, okay, guys, I need to start charging now. And I didn't tell it to them. I told it to myself. And then my friends started asking me and my, you know, my dad was there. You know, I was 18, 19, right before I moved out. And, you know, it was very hard to get a number. Of course. Because you'll never know how much you're worth until you get your time wasted. Yeah. And I remember I would bend over backwards for people. I would charge a very smaller rate compared to, you know, you know, what I am now or what other photographers are at or even what other agencies. You know, photographers develop into marketing agencies, which charge a lot of money. So I made it very competitive. I, I wanted to be the cheaper of the bunch so I could get more clientele in there. And, oh man, I'll just, and it just, I guess over the course of every year, my price would go up and up and up and up and up because it would slowly weed out window shoppers. It would slowly weed out people that want to waste your time. And I remember the last time that I had my time wasted 
it was almost second nature. It's just I was waiting on a shoot for an hour and a half. Something oh that was just, God. oh, I'm on my way, I'm on my way. And finally I went, I'm over this. I literally told myself that. I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm done sitting here for the amount of money that I'm offering. And it just takes moments like that to realize how much you're worth. Yeah. And But yeah, so to answer your question, about a year and a half, I chopped for free. I'll be honest with you. I went out there. You know, times were different then. Of course. As you said, you know, we, we mentioned the the generation thing. And, yeah. You know, me growing up, you know, social media was just starting. And the iPhone just got created. You know, we were on like the iPhone 3. Or not even, they didn't even have a 3. It was the iPhone 1, then it was the 3G. Yeah. And then the 4. You know, I, I was right there when the 4 was made. And technology was barely there. You know, PC gaming was barely a thing. You know, yeah. like people played Dota and, and League of Legends or World of Warcraft. And sorry, this little geek side of me. Or, you know, the Xbox was just there. So, you know, my, when I was younger, developing an Instagram or a social media page for what my brand is now, it was it was different. And it's very hard to say it because it was such a new platform. Nobody knew where Instagram was going to become. Yeah. You know, Facebook was the only thing. MySpace just sold. Facebook was the only thing. There was nothing else. Twitter just got created. And everybody only knew Twitter because of the tweet sound, the whistle. That's the only thing yeah. people knew. Nobody knew where Instagram was going to become at the time. So I took upon it, and here we are today. So, so would you say that social media has really been like the single-handedly biggest help to grow your business? Yes. I want to say mostly yes. Social media is the number one free advertisement service in the world. Yeah. They introduced that, yeah. you know, ads, yeah. ad services and being, and being able to promote your work, being able to pay more to have your work reached. I never was like that. And still to this day, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. You, uh, uh, I could go on. There's so many more social media pages that I use from LinkedIn, yeah. from everything that I use. There's always going to be that service where you could pay extra to get your work out there or to get yourself out there. 100%. And I never did it. I, ne I will never use it to this day because I keep telling myself, I'm like, I'm going to be the reason my work's going to get out there. I'm like, if my work's getting out there, it means that my stuff is awesome. Yeah. And I'm doing, I'm putting 100% effort into my work to being able for it to reach out there. That's awesome. And I'll be able, and that, yeah. So will is social media? Yes, I will say. And it's developed into that because like I said, to go back to the previous topic, is that what Instagram was was so, so tiny to what it is now. Of course. I'm telling you, and what I've noticed in the last seven and a half years almost is that what Instagram was then was so tiny. Yeah. And I remember when I first started going in there and I would post a photo of a Ferrari that I took or one that I caught in a parking lot at a, at a Starbucks. I would take a photo of it and the amount of people would just flow in. Because it was such a new platform, of course. Yeah, that's what amazing. It is now and it's and it's awesome. I like social media. You know, it's very toxic. It's a very toxic environment, but ultimately, you know, it's a very positive thing. Yeah, it's a it very. Has a, it helps out a lot of people. It has its pros and cons for sure. And a lot of people focus on the cons, but in my opinion, I feel like there's way more pros and cons in terms of social media. I couldn't agree with you more. If you use it the right way and you don't get intertwined and entangled with all that bullshit that is on there, yeah. it's a great source. I've made some close friends. I hope we Here have we a are. friendship yeah. after Here this. We, yeah, um, I agree. I've made some very close friends from Instagram and relationships and business and mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. The list could go on and on, but you're 100% right. You can't get intertwined and all the BS yeah. and nonsense and just focus on the pros and what you're using it for, right? Yeah. You're using it for something different than I 
use it for my personal account. Yeah. But for my podcast account, we use it for pretty much the same reasons. Outreach, putting our work out there so people can see yeah. it, et cetera, et cetera. Anything that I put out on my social media, it's 100% in, into it. The topic was you know, never have fast stuff. You know, marketing has developed into, you know, social media marketing has become a big thing recently. You know, I know a, a friend of mine out in California that owns a social media marketing company. He's making $250,000, $300,000 a year running car dealerships, social media pages. Yeah. From Facebook to their websites, to advertisement, from Google ads to everything. And he's making that much because of how much social media is growing. Of course. And that's what, like I said, which is a bit of blessing for Champion. You know, I'd be, I'm able to integrate that into my actual job. But whenever it comes to social media, and you know, maybe this is advice to people listening, is if you're going to choose to show off your services, whether it's a product or anything at all during social media, make sure you give it 110% effort and make sure it stands out, make sure it's different. Nobody wants to see the plain old stuff. And if you put out stuff that makes you go, wow, that's awesome, people out there are going to go, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, you have to be confident in and your own work. as egotistical as it sounds, you know, when I develop a photo and I create it into what it is now, if I show you the raw versus what it is now, it's crazy. But when I do it, I go, damn, that's awesome. And yeah. I can't wait for people to see it. I tell myself to this day, I, my number one thing when I finish up a set is, I can't wait for people to see. That's got to be a rewarding feeling for it yourself is. too, it to is. know that. But going back to the shit that's not taught in school, if someone wants to just start taking pictures for fun, obviously you're in more of the higher end cameras because of what you do. But <laughs> would you have any recommendation on so, to a good starter camera for them? Um, you know, the Canon series, the T series are pretty good, you know, because it's not too complex. When you, when you get into full frame, you know, it, there's a lot more put into it. And, you know, when you go, for, when you start off from a crop sensor, cheap plastic camera you know that's what you want you want to start off with that because you learn iso you learn shutter you learn white balance you learn uh i mean there's so much in a crop yeah. sensor that you can learn you don't have to worry about how expensive it is because the kit lenses are a hundred dollars 50 to a hundred dollars maybe 200 dollars at most if you drop the camera it won't break because it's plastic but i would say the canon t-series the ti series great cameras to start off with um, but ultimately, you know, the camera just takes the photo. Yeah. And, you know, if you develop it to what a full frame is, a full frame is so much more complex. And what does a full frame mean? So a crop sensor, think of it, you know, we're not getting recorded right now, but a crop sensor, you know, I hold up a little, like here's like a little photo, right? Yeah. Here's a, let's say that's the full sensor right there. Okay. The crop sensor is only going to get that much. Okay. So what so he's it's showing. It's a cropped sensor. So what he's showing with his hands, because this is not a visual podcast. It's trying to yeah. explain it. It's all an imagery. Yeah. You, it's just going from big to a small sort of thing. Yeah. So the frame itself is big and the crop sensor is cheaper, lower quality, but better for your value because, you know, there's people out there that buy cameras just to take photos of their daughter's birthday. Yeah. You know, hey, everybody smile, click. Yeah. That's it. That's what crop sensors are perfect for. Okay. And But I'm wrong. You know, There's professional-grade crop sensors out there that are like Gatling guns because how lighter and how more mobile the, the shutters are that they'll literally sound like a Gatling gun when you hold the shutter button oh, down wow. and they're crop, crop sensors. And those are people that deliver, wow. you know, to NFL and sports, sports oh, those illustrated. Are those huge ones, those big ones. You know, some of them are full frame, but some of them are crop sensors because 
they're not they're not getting blown up on billboards. They're just getting put on magazines. Yeah. So a billboard one, you need a full frame because it's not getting cropped. It's the full framed photo. Got it. So what like I'm working with now is a 64 megapixel, 64 megapixels. You know, our wow. iPhones are what 10 now, yeah. 11. When I zoom in on that, that's really meant for billboard because outside of social media and stuff like that, my work's being put on billboards. You know, right now on 595, you could go and you'll see the champion Porsche Taycan ad that I helped put together. That's, That's awesome. my photo. Congrats right there. for you. Yeah. Must Thank be you. nice to drive by, see it, your work it, It's really there. cool. I drive by, you know, when I'm in my car, you know, everybody that's around me, I'm like, they have no idea I'm the one that took the photo. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, when you go to Fort Lauderdale Airport, you know, we have an advertisement there. Uh, when you go down the escalators. When you go down the escalator. Yep, right there, the Panoramas. Those no, are there. No, that too often. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, magazines, I have like a stack of magazines of my photos that are being used in magazines that it's been a privilege to be in. But when I went from crop sensors and having my photo, my photos being put into massive prints, I I saw the loss in quality. And that's where you want to dive into more full frame. So you get that quality back because the quality is better for print. Got it. And like when I saw, you know, I have a lot of clientele that like to put my work up in their office, like to put my work up in, in photo books, like to put my work, work up in massive canvas prints. And full frame is the way to go. You know, when you increase that megapixel and you increase that full frame, the price of the camera goes up. But the long-term reward is that you'll be able to bring in the clients that that you want to print for. Your return on investment. Yes. And it'll open up windows for you. And even the opportunity of what the camera can do itself. Like I picked up the Sony a7R4 and that's a full mirrorless camera. There's no mirror in there. And as you know, like a regular DSLR takes an inverted mirror on top of an inverted one, and it claps a photo, that's how it's physically able it to take a digital photo with a sensor. Yeah. And it's able to get that because when you take off the lens and you look at the sensor, you lift that up, it's a reverse mirror. It's yeah. upside down because it's angled. With mirrorless, think of it as like one big massive iPhone. Uh, you have one I big see. sensor, one massive sensor. Now that's like the brain of it all. Like That's like the heart of it all. If you get dirt on that, if you get anything on, on that, that could really mess up your, 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 your photos big time. Yeah. You know, that's why you have to have cleaning kits on you at all times. But what mirrorless is able to obtain is more quality. You know, there's only so much that a mirror, a mirrored camera, a DSLR could do versus a mirrorless. And there's so much more data mirrorless could bring in, so much more light, so much. You have to think of it like an iPhone. The biggest way to think of it is an iPhone. It's the number one most combat camera in the world. It is. Yeah. Is, is an iPhone. No. Or maybe an Android. Yeah. Or whatever, the OnePlus or whatever phones I don't know, that are man. out there. I can't stand texting those people that don't have an iPhone with the green. I know, and the green messages. Yeah, it's, it's like, come on, dude. Where do you live in? I know. 2008 with your... With <laughs> that's, your not, that's my brother. With your Blackberry. He's like, I'm not getting an iPhone. Like, bro, get the yeah, fuck I'll, out of here. What do you mean, I'll see man? you on BBM. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know wow. what that is? Yeah, Blackberry Messenger. Oh, you do know what it is. Course, okay, cool. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, BBM, but... You know, but being able to work with full frame and, and the progress to, you know, we're still on the same topic of you asking what camera to start up. But for me, starting off with the T-Series, you know, don't start off with the basic stuff like a Coolpix 1000. Like, don't start off with those. Start off with a beginner DSLR TI series. Uh, Nikon has their own. I think it's like the D200, the D2000. It's all relatively anything less than $900. That's a DSLR is a phenomenal camera to start with. Got it. And what about editing? So editing is, like I said, you know, the camera takes a photo, the eye creates the image. Yeah. I started off, I'll be honest with you, you can judge me all you want. I started off with Microsoft, like, it's not paint, it's like Microsoft Photo Editor. 
I didn't know anything. And I was seeing phenomenal photographers out there like William Stern and uh, Sam Dobbins and, you know, A.O. Anderson or Anthony Anderson, not A.O., that's what we call them. You know, these are guys that are 10 years older than me, 10, 15 years older than me. And these are guys that didn't have social media. They learned doing prints. They learned doing Red Room. They learned wow. all the, the pioneer stuff is what yeah. my generation calls it now. But it just depends on how you want to edit and what it, you want to do. It all depends. I mean, it really all depends because when I started off using that and then I developed into Adobe Cloud, which introduced me to Lightroom. You know, a Lightroom is a, is a successful way to organize. Lightroom is a successful platform to edit and create and color correct. And I did that for four or five years. Four or five years I used Lightroom because I thought that was the only one. And then I think it was uh, my friend Sam Dobbins, who was an, an inspiration to me, who became a really good friend of mine, flat out said, you know, let me see what you could do with Photoshop. And then my coworker, Wilson, Ty, who's, you know, 15 years older than me, he uses Photoshop only. Oh, wow. And being around him and watching what he can do, you know, the Photoshop's like the Matrix. Yeah. There is no such thing as somebody that knows everything about Photoshop. No way. If somebody, if you ever hear somebody say that, look at them in the face and go, bullshit. <laughs> the, the platform is so intuitive. It's, you could do everything. You could create anything from a blank screen into an, a world. It's insane. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea how to use that, how to use it. And I know some of my friends mess around with it, and they all say the same thing. It's just so complex and crazy. That but leading into Photoshop, you're right. It is. It's so complex, and that's what developed into what it is today because now that's the old – I only use Photoshop now. I haven't opened up Lightroom. I haven't o opened up any other editing software app in years. Photoshop is the only way to do it because now it's all second nature because you could tackle everything that you need to in a photo with Photoshop. So is that what you would recommend to a beginner that to wants a beginner, to add it? It's going to be very complicated. It is because when I first opened it, when I started, I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. Because it just opens up a screen. Beyond, I've opened up Photoshop just one time. Photoshop just opens up and that's all it is. Yeah, it just opens up and then it's just a blank screen. Yeah. And you're like, what can I do? Uh, and then you realize that you have all the tools there. Like now I'm, I'm able to realize going, damn, I can do so much. Yeah. But you know, right when you open it up, it's like opening up and you walk onto a, a blank white canvas board and you're like, okay, you know, there's no tutorials. And yeah. you know, it does have tutorials built in, but in my opinion, the best way to start off, start off with Lightroom, it, basic organizing, cataloging, learn to organize, learn to separate your work from RAWs, always save your RAWs, learn to shoot RAW, learn to shoot JPEG, just learn, learn the basic, fundamental, and grounding so you could continue on from there. You know, learn to organize. That's my number one thing that I'll tell anybody. Organize your work. Keep your RAWs. Always keep your RAWs. Always keep your RAWs. Always keep your RAWs. Listen to that. He's telling you to always keep your RAWs. You probably always, want to keep your RAWs. Always do it because I look back now, and if I mess up on a work, you know, JPEGs doesn't hold full data, full XF data of an image where RAWs do. RAW is the raw image that has all the data in there. And, you know, I look back at old work that I wish I could go back and, and fix that I can't because a JPEG is like a printed photo. Yeah, it doesn't you can't allow you really, to go back. It can't really, there's no much data in there. Because it, it, Photoshop and Lightroom pick up the data within a raw image and it knows depth. It knows uh, lighting. It knows coloring. It knows all that. But the second you load a JPEG, you're done. Uh, it's I it's see. like a printed screen. It's like a screenshot. I it will see. only be able to edit what's in front of you, the first layer, where the raw image has hundreds of layers it knows depth it knows where the sky's at it knows 
where the aperture is it knows what's blurry knows what isn't and no it just knows yeah that's way that that stuff's all way above my pay grade that's why i had you come <laughs> on here it's, so yes lightroom i would recommend just lightroom basic basic color correcting learn to organize and keep your roles yeah awesome so what is transitioning here from advice let's get into a little more general cool interesting yeah. conversation to me for someone that doesn't want to be a photographer <laughs> what is the coolest experience or story or car that you've shot or that has happened to you because wow. of who you are and what you do well that's like asking a baseball player what's his favorite hit uh, home run he's ever hit yeah or what's his favorite base hit they're all his favorite yeah of course uh, man I look back at it now, you know, they're all fun and it's all a blessing. What's one that comes to mind when I ask you that right question? Right when I come to my mind was the ability to shoot two LaFerraris together in the same room. That's And so. it was a friend of mine named Chris and his father, um, retired race car driver, uh, Enzo, I believe, I don't want to butcher their last name, Poto, um, retired Ferrari race car driver, and uh, his son, Chris, same age as me, because of Instagram. Um, he was like, he hit me up. He's like, hey man, you're a great guy. You know, I love your work. And we went to the same high school. And I had no idea. He was so quiet. Oh, wow. And then he's like, yeah, you want to come over? I'm like, yeah, sure. And yeah, I come to find out his dad's a retired Ferrari race car driver for the LMP GT2 team. Holy and shit. And he opens up his garage and it's a goddamn LaFerrari. Oh, my La Ferrari God. just sitting there. And I'm like, what? And he ended up bringing the LaFerrari Aperta oh, to, my, wow. to my work. And we had a little studio session. And I, I still have the photo on my phone of me with a La Ferrari and a La Ferrari Aperta, which is I titled it the ten million dollar photo. Yeah. Because that's how much Ferrari would offer somebody with those two cars together. Total would be about ten million dollars. That is insane. Because the regular La Ferrari is about three mil. That is and then the Aperta is about eight, eight, maybe seven, eight million dollars. That yeah. is insane. Now I've always wanted to ask you about taking rolling shots. Oh God. <laughs> and and for all the listeners that don't know what a rolling shot is, is when the car is actually in motion. I don't know how fast. I'll leave that up to Kyle to talk about. But you know, how can you just explain to the listeners how are you taking these rolling shots? What goes into them? Things along that line. So when you think of a car, what do you think of? You think of motion. What yeah, does the car of do? Course. It goes. What do you think of a fast car? It hauls ass. Yeah. And to be able to capture the essence of speed was like my number one thing. And that's the number one thing that fueled me into being different from everybody else. You know, I looked at everybody, I'm like, all these people could do their own normal still shots, whatever, but I'm going to be different and I'm going to look at their rolling shots. I'm going to go, I could do that better. I could do that better. I could do that better. And what goes into it is really lighting, timing, speed, and just the right settings and being able to have a very steady arm. Very, and it's you're going to laugh at me when I do this, but every rolling shot that you see me do, I'm driving. What? I'm driving my car while doing it. Oh, my and, God. You know, when I first started off, obviously, no, I wasn't. And I couldn't trust myself to do it. You know, I was scared. Yeah. And I had other people do it. And as I started to perfect the setting and the lighting and, and the right timing, that's when, you know, the Holy brand became shit. what it is today. And, you know, that's when people started asking pieces of the pie. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I can't provide that. I'm sorry. And ultimately, I had to learn how to do it myself. Holy and shit. Talk about no texting and driving. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's yeah, crazy. pretty much. And that's one thing that, you know, my roommate will always give me crap for because whenever I'm texting, he's like, I don't really care if you're driving because I know that you could drive well. Not saying to try it at home, people. But, yeah, definitely don't. We don't advise but, that. You know, I, I have years of experience of learning how to focus on other things and drive with my knee but yeah mostly all my work i'd probably want to say 85 to 90 percent of my 
rolling shot work that you see me do is all while I'm driving. You know, knee on the wheel, window down, and I'm focusing on a car with my other eye, and I very stiff. You know, I'm flexing really hard to keep that steady pace, and I'll never want to connect my hands with with the car because the car's always moving with the suspension. So I always kind of freehand it, hold my breath very slow, and just very just focus and focus on something on the car, whether that's an emblem. Like the, like let's say for example a GTR on the side of the car it says GTR. Yeah. I'd focus my I would stare at that, and I would try my best to focus it. Kind of like how a sniper, yeah, shooter course. focuses on his target. I do the same thing. Breathe I just in. breathe very. Yeah. I, I'm you know I'm not I'm fine. You know when I'm driving and doing it, I'm just focused, and you know I'm doing it for the client to make the client happy, make the company happy. You know they're coming to me for this yeah. this expertise. They're coming. They're, I'm an expert at it. So, so how they, fast are you usually going with those rolling about shots? About eighty miles an hour. Oh my so, god! <laughs> see now to me, I'm used to it. Yeah. And the reason why I'm used to it, and you know, I laugh on it because everybody down here in South Florida hauls ass. You at, know, eighty everyone, miles an hour yeah. is typically normal cruising yeah, speed. It's crazy. So. It's about 80 miles an hour, and I always will shoot in indirect lighting. I'll never shoot direct lighting because it'll overexpose, and the settings that I'm at, I need to be as much little light as possible to get to the settings that I need to be at because like, I'll never shoot midday. If you look at my work, I'm always shooting very early in the morning or somewhat towards the evening. I'm never doing midday because that too much overexposed sunlight will not make the photo well. You'll pick up too much grain. You'll pick up too much dirt on your sensor. You'll pick up... You'll just pick up a lot of unnecessary stuff and you won't be able to get to a lower shutter speed enough to create enough of a warp effect. That is so crazy. Everything you just said blew my mind. So everything that so when it comes to rolling shots, I just put it all you no, know, here we are again. It's all second nature to me. But having to explain it, it's you know, I have to make sure that the sun's indirect. I have to make sure that I'm minimum three lanes away. I have to make sure that we're going 70 to 80 miles an hour. And I have to make sure that I'm focused, breathing okay, f- keeping pace with the car. And I have to make sure I'm going the exact same speed as the other car because I have to go the exact same speed to be able to get the shot. And that's something I tell the, the client or the company is, you know, just cruise control. Yeah. And if you could see me, we have to go the same speed. If you go one mile an hour faster than me, ruins the photo and it... No, it's a lot for me to explain because it's all second nature to me. I hate to retort that, but it's just all that it's it's like a mental checklist that I have to do. And that's crazy. And man. and it's crazy that here we are because yesterday I was shooting my buddies. I had a GT2 RS I shot for Voss and Wheels, and my buddy who owns Car Lifestyle has his C8 Corvette. I had this beautiful shot lined up. I was shooting the two RS, I got all my shots, carried on. He wanted a photo. I was like, Yeah, sure, why not? Voss in front in the bill. You could get a photo. Yeah. And I wanted him to be at a certain rate and stuff. And it was like six o'clock and it was about to rain. And I'm like, you know, this car's all black on black with, with thunderstorms. And it looks so sick. And he wasn't able to get to where I needed him to be. Oh, and damn. I ultimately, you know, I was frustrated. I was mad. Yeah. It's because I, I could obtain it. I could get that photo and that and that product that I could be able to provide to them. I could do it. And I already know how the end result's going to be. You know, when I'm taking these rolling shots, I already know how they're going to look yeah. when I'm done editing them. And and I had to tell him, like, I was frustrated. I'm like, yo, I couldn't do it because you were too close to me. You weren't going fast enough. You weren't doing all this. And to him, he's looking at me like, what are you talking about? I was just driving. But to me, I needed him to be here at this distance going this speed at the yeah. same exact speed as me, not swerving back and forth, not constantly letting off. And it was, it, it. I get frustrated. I will be honest. I get frustrated when I 
when I see it there and I could see something so cool that I could do that I could be able to capture and create and I just watched it go away. Yeah, and no. it's okay. And that's something that I had to learn. I have to understand failure. Yeah, of and, course. And, but that's that's failure on a very small degree. Yeah. But it's just But you something. learn from it still. Yeah. And it, you and learn. It's, uh, yeah. And here we are. That was yesterday. Yeah. And and I was just really bummed out about it. But ultimately, you know, I know the opportunity will come back and I'll be able to get the shot. Of course. Yeah, man. Well, sadly, we're, we're coming down to the end of the interview. And I truly am sad. Because oh, wow. I, I, I have, I've just been talking. I love the conversation. I mean, it's all important stuff, stuff that's not taught in school. But you have a business. You've created a business. And whenever I have a business owner on the show, because my family has a background in taxes, I just like to ask the question of, were you? how did you learn about it? Were you aware? Or did you understand anything about filing taxes, getting loans, getting insurance? Or were you learning this all on the go, on the fly, as you needed to do it? All on the go. And then as I I never really realized the size of what K-Flex, I still don't. I still go, who cares? You know, my number of followers and my number of business that I have, um, I just brush it off. Yeah. But then it got to the point where you know, I'll, I'll be a little egotistical now, but you know, here we are, we're talking about me and that when I started doing work for Ferrari, I started doing work for Tesla and I started doing work for Bentley and I started doing work for a lot of uh, Lexus. Like I'm doing a, a job for Lexus next weekend yeah. and my, my, my most recent one was for Bentley. I shot a Bentley Continental GT Pikes Peak Edition, one wow. of seven in the world on Fort Lauderdale Beach at six o'clock in the morning in which I needed permits. I needed on-site insurance i needed all this and for the longest time i was never used to it i was just booking people through direct messaging or email and that want private bookings and stuff but when it came to businesses that required all these stuff i'm like okay this is getting serious now this wasn't just this year this was last year too last last year when i did my first job with ferrari it was for art basel's 2019 I did a job for Ferrari. You know, they're this is Ferrari. Yeah. Ferrari of North America. They were like, okay, we need your business tax ID. We need all this stuff, all this stuff, all this stuff. I'm like, what are you talking about? And this was only about two and a half years ago now. And I I learned real quick. And even prior to that, I was doing jobs for uh uh what, what did I do? You know, I do work for Voss and Wheels, Adams Polishes. You know, there's so many companies that I do business for. Yeah. And I think my first big job was, you know, back in I think it was like 2017 or it all backtracks, but it all comes down to the main thing is when realizing, you know, I didn't have any of this. So I incorporated real quick and I filed an LLC. I've been doing my annual reports ever since then. You know, it's cool doing tax write-offs and having write-offs and being able to buy stuff and writing it off. But, you know, you don't want to milk it too much. Of course. But ultimately, you know, it was nice to have a cushion. Yeah. It was nice to be able to have, you know, upwards of 10, 15, $20,000 in equipment and having that covered under the business and not covered under me. Yeah. Because if somebody were to come after me, it would suck. And they could come after the business where my only assets are cameras. Yeah. And my only asset is not my Hellcat. It would be my other car, my Mazda. Yeah. It would, so it was a cushion. It was a nice way to have it. And I remember I, I tackled my first year of doing taxes under the business. And oh my God, that was a, that was a headache. Now I know why people have to hire accountants. Yeah. And why you do what you do. But... Everything that I had to learn on the way. So my recommendation is if you plan on going to the stratosphere of things, be able to, you don't just do piece by piece, opening up a business bank account, opening up your LLC in, in Florida with your uh, business tax ID and your F- FIED or FEID number. Mm-hmm. You know, don't do that all separately. Do it all at once. And yeah. if you're going to go to the moon, you're going to the moon. Of course. And you, we, we don't have time to go halfway to the moon and turn around yeah. and come back. 
you know, no, that's the one thing I tell myself. I'm like, I'm not going to the moon. I'm going to Mars. I'm going to Pluto. I'm going far. Yeah. So I need to make sure I have everything covered and everything checked because ultimately one bad mistake on site could lead to a potential legal action or could, or if you can't pr- deliver what you're provided. It, you know, you always want to have be safe. Yeah. And have you want to have a safety net and you want to, you want yes. to have the right people do it. Yes. And with that being said, if you do need help with your taxes, tax day is coming up. Or if you need help filing, you know, an LLC or creating an LLC, whatever it may be, we are here for you. We are here to help at whether that's just filing your taxes, you need to file an extension, call our office 800-TAX-LEVY. That is 800-829-5389. Also visit our website, levytaxhelp.com, and we will be here to assist you always and forever. And Kyle, Sadly, we are winding down oh, wow. to the last two questions of the interview. The first one is, how can someone contact you if they want to? Um, you could hit me up on my Instagram, kflushphotography. Uh, my email, kflushphotography at gmail.com. Uh, my LinkedIn, uh, my Twitter, Facebook, it, Flickr. I have so many platforms, multiple <laughs> different platforms that you can reach out to me to. But ultimately, the one that started it all was my Instagram page. That Got started it. it all. So if you want to message me on there, go right ahead. Um, my page actually filters out spam okay. automatically, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's I hit, really cool. I hit hundred K recently. That is awesome. And, Congrats. I, and it's, thank you. It's, it's just a number, but it's cool because Instagram, you know, like places you on a different level. And now my DMS on like, I don't even sometimes like people will text me saying, Hey, I messaged you. And I'll be like, I didn't see it. Wow. And it, it, it's crazy. because something is detected as spam, but it, it, it's crazy now. That is and really so, crazy. But everything of, of new potential leads now get filtered into my request folders and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to reach awesome. out to me, you know, reach out to my Instagram page or if you want to find my 50 million other pages that are on there, by all means, reach out to me on there and I'll definitely answer. I, I love to answer everybody. And that's one thing that, you know, other artists don't really like to do is yeah. you know, keep that exclusivity of not being able to come in contact with them because it makes people think that they're close with them or stuff. But you know, when people reach out to me, you know, they're just doing it because they just want advice or they just want help or maybe they even just want to share something. And I always try to answer everybody. Yeah. As long as you're cool and you want to reach out and talk, let's do it. That's I'm awesome, man. And for the last question, it is one that I ask every guest that comes on the show. And unfortunately, you do not fall in that category because you are still in your early 20s. So I will yeah. ask you, I typically yeah. ask, what do you wish you knew in your early 20s? But since you were still in at that stage, I will ask you this. What do you wish you knew when you were in your late teens, very, very early 20s? Wow. Something that I wish I knew. I yeah. Mean, it doesn't have to be photography related, just general life. Uh, Everything happens for a reason. So, you know, I don't really look back and say, oh, I wish I knew that. I don't because I'm grateful and blessed to be where I'm at now. You know, it took a lot of failure and took a lot of sacrifice and risk to get to where I'm at. So ultimately, you know, I, it's hard to say, oh, I wish I knew this. But like you said, speaking outside of that, something that I wish I knew. I mean, oh, man, I don't. I like that. I always, uh, I always I like when it's hard for the person to come up with yeah, something. Because, it means it's you know, a good I'm, question. You know, I, I don't regret anything. And, you know, time sucks sometimes. And it sucks yeah. to grow. And it sucks to learn sometimes in very hard situations and having to learn to accept failure. But ultimately, you know, I can't think of something on my mind that makes me go, damn, I wish I knew that. Because... I, I, you I'm know, happy to where I'm at now. That is the first I answer. am. I'm honestly happy where I'm at now, and I love what, what I do. And I don't, I'm being honest, looking back, 
throughout the last many years, seven years doing this, there's not a time where I go, damn, oh, I, I wish, regret doing yeah, that. Yeah. And because I've learned to accept challenge and I've learned to accept failure as life. That's awesome. You know, man. and when stuff gets complicated, you know, you need to stand up and you need to face it. That's awesome. You know, like I said before, you know, there's no prize for second place and I, I don't, you, you, there's no time to waste. Yeah. And there's no time to regret. 100%. I wish there was I wish there was more time because the one thing that I will always tell people to is that no amount of money will ever buy a single second of time. Oh, couldn't agree with you more. And there has been so much time where I've put my time into so many things, which is here we are, you know, I don't regret where I'm at because I put so much time into it. Yeah. And so much time that's put into it, it will grow. I guess, you know, I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of jobs. I lost a lot of relationships because I couldn't, I wasn't able to put time into, into it. that. Yeah. So I guess, you know, I, I guess just time. One thing that I wish I learned about was time earlier was understanding the value of time. That's an amazing answer. It's yeah. a very unique one. We've never had that and I love it. Yeah. Well, Kyle, it has been amazing talking to you. I appreciate the conversation and I look forward to possibly having you back on the show. You know, we only got to a sliver of what I wanted to touch on. Yeah, I could talk forever. Yeah, I I mean, it was a great it was a really great conversation, especially for someone that wants to boost their creativity or is interested in the car industry or the photography industry, whatever it may be. There's a lot to learn from it. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Oh, man. Thank you so much for having me. It's awesome. Thank you. As you just heard Kyle worked his ass off to become one of the best of the best in his industry. You heard him. He just spoke about it. He sacrificed relationships, sacrificed so many different things to get to the place where he is at his life. And he doesn't regret anything. And that's the exact mindset that I want you all to have and you all to take away from our conversation. I know creativity is something that is not necessarily focused on in any level of education. So I'm going to make it a point to bring on some creative experts like Kyle who can elaborate and give you all advice so you can hear it from the best of the best. And I have not mentioned recently, so I figured I will right now. But if any of you have any guests who you think would be a great fit for the show, DM the podcast account on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it may be, at TBOTBpod. Or you can tell that person that you think should be the guest to go to the website, tbotbpod.com. They can fill out the form on there that they want to be a guest and explain what they do, et cetera, et cetera. And someone will reach out to them if they seem like a good fit. Listen, everyone, Kyle's the man. He's a leader in his field. So if you do have an interest into what we just talked about, make sure you go back and listen to this again, maybe. there You're always going to hear new things when you listen or when you read something a second time. So be sure because he was nice enough to come on here and give you all advice and he didn't have to take the time out of his day to do so. So I, I know a lot of car people and they all recognize him as the best. So just know that you are getting free advice from the best of the best. As always, you already know how thankful I am for everyone that listens, but I just like to say it every episode so you don't forget. You just listened to an episode of your favorite podcast. This is the best of the best, Maverick's Guide to Success. Have a great weekend, everyone. Everyone.